Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 brought to you by ep wealth this is the rob black show i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more through the years i've put together a little bit of how shall we say tenure on giving advice and giving second opinions on financial matters one area that's always been very important to me was my little sister, my mother, women. When my father passed away 25 years ago, roughly, I gave the eulogy. It was fantastic because with four older brothers, two of them came up to me and said, you're going to blow it. And the other one said, don't mess this up. It's important to mom. And I started putting together my dad's life in my head. And the story that I was able to figure out was that when he was young and an orphan, he took care of his sister, Cynthia. He would steal fruit from his orphanage and sneak into her orphanage in St. Louis and give it to her. That meant a lot to Cynthia. I talked to my mother and she talked about being a little girl from Mobile, Alabama, who when she was 17, thought she could get pregnant by sitting on a toilet seat. She was a bumpkin. She didn't get out of Mobile, Alabama until my dad came into town as a marching drummer for his college, winked at her. And I guess next thing you know, they started making babies, not by sitting on the toilet seat. But what she said to me was, he showed me the world. He joined the military, and we went around from Germany to Japan, Turkey to Greece, California, all over the country, Virginia. It was exciting times. Most of my youth was overseas. I think that gives me a different perspective than most people when it comes to investing. And finally, I, I, I tied my father helping my sister out, my mother and his sister, and he had five boys and he had gotten tired of life, in my opinion. It weighed on him. Going to two wars or doing two tours of duty during Vietnam. And one of them, he counted dead people. And another one, he created dead people by being a commander in a tank. That weighs on you. It's heavy. Um. The rest of his career in the military, he was kind of a, he helped purchase things and integrate things. So the United States Army cut a deal with Ross Perot and EDS. My dad was the guy who cut the deal and it computerized the United States Army, which is funny because I got to see all the equipment tested. I got to play on it and it gave me a love affair with computers that I still have to this day. But the point of this is that being in this business for a long time, I'm con- especially concerned about women. And for the record, I, I rocked the eulogy. I didn't think I had it in me. 
I think it's a mistake to let other people make all your financial decisions when you're a woman. It's a phenomenon I see all too often. When my father passed away, I helped take over the finances for my mother and kind of slowly held her hand through the process of how to pay your bills. Because women tend to live longer than men. It's imperative they get an active role early in plotting out what's happening with the money. Now, I may sound old-fashioned when I'm saying that, and maybe the millennials and the zillennial women are on it. I don't know. Retirement income typically comes from savings, possibly a pension and social security. Unfortunately, women are unclear about when to take social security. My mother had no clue. It's not entirely her fault because it's confusing. And the decision came down to personal situations more often than not for women. For the record, men get just as confused. He began drawing on social security at age 62. I bring this up because a lot of women, like I said, are younger than their male counterparts and the male dies earlier than the woman. If the woman has longevity in her family, i.e. if her parents are still alive, she should probably hold off on taking social security as long as she can. Right now, there's a limit on how much you can make before your benefits are reduced. For 2022, that figure is 19560 Social Security Administration, also known as SSA, withholds $1 for in benefits for every $2 earned over that limit. But if you wait till you're 66 or 67, you can take as much money as you like. And it's just, that's just getting stupid. It's too much math. And you know what sucks when you're 62, 65, 70? You should have done enough math in your life that you're exempt from ever doing it again. The comedian once said, once you turn 90, you should be allowed to pollute. You want to drop trash on the ground? That's great. <laughs> I kind of agree with it. You've, you've earned it. Um, I've encountered common themes in my life about women or how they handle investment advice. Widows are reluctant to make changes to their portfolios because they want to remain loyal to their deceased spouses. My mom didn't want to sell her home because my dad had bought it and died in that home. Many women who are now single later in life want to make the decisions on their own. Divorced women can be distrustful. Married women, meanwhile, are inclined to leave investment decisions to their husbands. This, again, sounds very cliche and old-fashioned now. And if it is, just skip this segment. So healthcare is a big issue. At 65, you become eligible for Medicare, but unfortunately, Medicare can be difficult to understand. Original Medicare doesn't cover everything. Most people will choose a Medicare supplement insurance plan or a Medicare Advantage plan to fill in any additional coverage they want or need, routine vision and dental coverage. One of the dumbest pieces of advice, but one of the best pieces of advice I've given through the years is take very good care of your teeth and floss. Your tongue's going to get most of your stuff clean, but not the, the floss will get the rest. It's a little bit tricky. I thought when I was up until I was 18, I thought Medicare was free. I thought healthcare when you hit 60, not knowing the retirement age, was free. Many women spend their lives putting other people's needs ahead of their own. 
in retirement, they're hesitant to splurge on themselves because they haven't done it their whole life. They want to leave something for their children. Typically, when I'm in a client type scenario where someone's asked me advice, keep in mind, I'm not a financial planner. I refer people to financial planners that I work with directly. A lot of times what I see is like a hesitancy to, to spend. And one of the things I go is you're going to be dead in 10, 15, 20 years. <clears throat> and when you come back to the, if you're reincarnated, let's say that happens, you're probably not going to need, you're probably not going to get the money that you leave. So spend some of it on yourself, live a little. My mother had six children. If the average child takes nine months to incubate inside of her, you do the math, that's 54 months. You do the math, that's four or five years of being pregnant not counting the damage it does to the body and the recovering, splurge a little bit on you. But consider working with a financial planner that you trust. Anyone out there know a woman who's in a bad financial scenario? Don't just turn them over to a broker. Don't just turn them over to an insurance person. Try to get what's considered a fiduciary, a certified financial planner who has to work in the best interest of his clients, otherwise facing legal ramifications. I do like the CFP designation because they get to know their clients and single women who are widows, they need to get to be known. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. A lot of people look at what I do and are jealous. And I have to admit, I think I have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I'm very, very lucky. I'm a very good researcher. One of the things that I did in my college years was technical research. And that got me jobs in the movie industry doing like um, very granular looks into movie scripts. For instance, like a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, you got to know 18th century literature. And like, you can't say words like y'all and cuss words, like the one that rhymes with hockey puck. Did they exist or not? Um, I was very good at structure and research. And to this day, I think that skill has helped me the most with investing because I don't look at it as a roller coaster. I look at it as something that can be conquered with, with good research. One of the areas that I got into research when I started my career in finance and why did I not stay in movies and, and writing for TV shows? Good money, but paid retroactively. Not getting paid retroactively, not good for someone who has some anxiety about the future and someone who ultimately wanted to start a family. And then you tie in the fact that I was really, really good at understanding technology because I grew up at the right time, at the right place. When Pac-Man was a phenomenon and pop singers would sing Pac-Man Fever, when Pong was something that you would dump quarters into at the local village pizzeria, I had a good understanding. It's a little bit of practical, lived through it, a lot of hardcore research. I'm not smarter than you. I just get up earlier than you. I was just telling my producer after 25 years, I, I still pine for you. 
the person who gets up eight, runs a little late, gets in the shower, rubs some soap on his body, starts singing in the shower like a leprechaun. Um, I know you're saying, no, 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 no. You don't want that, Rob. I kind of do. It sucks waking up at three and saying, let's take a look at what's happening in Asia. And I am just inclined to do it now. So in the next couple hours, my kids will be waking up, getting ready for school. I won't see what they're doing. I won't be able to encourage them. I'll be here. But I'm not smarter than you. I just outwork you. One of the areas that I, I really found a lot of success on 25 years ago was U.S. Census. Government website that shows how the population's growing. You can see how many people are turning in, how many people are retiring each and every day. Hey, 010110 just came in. <laughs> Working from home has its pleasures, right? I think she's a little constipated, but that's for another story, another day. She never stops by to say hello. Um, so one area that I, I really rocked it was census and, and statistics on demographics. When you see our population age and you go, that's pharmaceuticals. When you see how many children we are uh, having, you go, that's from 18 to 25. That's peak spending years where people are throwing away money. From that age, you see them buying homes and formulating homes and helping stores like Ikea and Williams-Sonoma do very, very well. Speaking of which, Home Depot, Lowe's, and Williams-Sonoma are my kind of go-to thoughts when it comes to playing on people in their 30s. So I do study how many millennials are living at home because when they do move out, I expect them to throw housewarming parties and my monthly spend will go higher to entertain and, and help stock them with furniture. When my kids hit that age where they buy their own homes or their, their father helps them buy a home, I'm going to help them stock it too. <clears throat> I like William Sonoma. They own Pottery Barn. They own West Elm. Um, what I don't like about them is that they get most of their supply from Asia that's sent through Europe, that's sent to the United States. So the supply chain is quite long and painful. China just reported its lowest birth rate in modern history. And I'm telling you, I'm with Elon Musk on this one. That's bad news. China's famed population policies have turned bringing up baby into gone, baby gone. But the fifth year in a row, the birth rate in in the world's most populous country fell in 2021. Fifth year, whoa, in a row. Is that a trend? Hell yeah, that's a trend. Number of babies born was the lowest since authorities started keeping track in 1949. It's a huge wrench in the ruling from the Communist Party's plans to increase Chinese wealth. Already hampered by the fact that the country's powerhouse workforce has been shrinking for a decade. Do you see where this is going? Statistics and trends and demographics are an edge that I have. China's government famously began imposing birth limits on families in the 1980s amid concerns the population was growing too fast and threatening too few resources and straining the country. In a historic case of Be Careful What You Wish For, by 2011, the country's working age population peaked at 925 million. It began falling way earlier than authorities had calculated. 
China's now, it's not one child policy and it's not that crap that you heard in the 1980s about uh, China really wanted their children to have males so the, the family's fortunes could be passed on to the point that you heard stories that when the, the sex was determined to be a female, it was a death sentence, an abortion. Like, what? Is that, did, that, did I sleep? Was, I, was that real? China's now struggling to convince families to have more kids. So it's not one baby rule anymore. And it wasn't really a rule, or was it? Last year, couples could, uh, were told they could have up to three children, plus get cash grants and extend maternity leave. But those efforts have come up short in the cradle. The cat's in the cradle in silver spoon, little boy blowing the man on the moon. That was my song about my dad. Me and my brothers hated my dad because he was always traveling. We just wanted a dad who was there. And when he wasn't, when he was there, he was drinking. So he wasn't really there. Roughly 10.6 million babies were born in China in 2021 or 12% less than the 12 million born in 2020. That's a statistical big number. The official working age population, those between 16 and 59, fell to 882 million or 62% of the total population. That's down from 63% in 2020. It's a double-edged sword. Beijing has a strict no-tolerance approach to COVID that has curbed pandemic outbreaks, but made it harder for romantic partnerships to form. China was the very best at the beginning of the pandemic at containing it. And now that they've contained it so well, they're starting to turn in the worst as it's become more contagious. And the immunities that you get from surviving it help. Anyway, the world's other major populations, uh, economies are experiencing sluggish population growth as well. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. So the last thing that I really want to talk about from that previous segment that I didn't make very clear because I have a very hard clock. Babies are future taxpayers. Babies are financial events where we spend on them from age zero to 17. So when China says that people aren't having babies there and we're hearing zillennials are putting off having children in the United States because they can't afford a home and they don't want to raise a child in their mom and dad's home. I get it. And when I started the segment by telling you that Elon Musk, I kind of agree with is that this is going to be a problem on a trend wise. Uh, Losing future taxpayers means that Congress is going to get into a, a, a kerfuffle where I want my social security and you want my vote. I want my social security. You cut my social security, you don't get my vote. And Congress will kowtow to me down the road. That's the idea. But they need future taxpayers. One of the best things we could do in this country is to start 13th and 14th grade in high schools, i.e. cocoa. You graduate high school and you instantly go into a community college. And our government pays for it. Our public schools pay for it. We need a little bit more education 
that's going to create a little bit higher paying jobs. So you know, what we don't have to fight about is McDonald's a life, a life wage or not. Need a little bit more education. When people go to college and they say, I want to be a poetry major. Do you know how you're going to pay back that $100,000 college cost being a poetry major? Check your local high school. See if there's any poetry major teachers for hire. Just throwing it down that we need to re-educate our education system to create higher paying jobs. And I think Coco Community College is a great idea. I would be stoked if my kids went to community college for two years and then transferred to Berkeley or Stanford or St. Mary's, Santa Clara. There's so many good schools in the Bay Area. Anyhow, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Financial advisors and financial planners are great people to talk to, and I highly recommend you talk to a CFP. If you need a referral to a CFP, I can set you up. They'll get to know your situation. There's no commitment. It's free. They're not going to give you 10 hours. They'll give you a couple hours. But it's a great thing to do. You've probably made financial mistakes in your life that they can go, hey, I need some information about your income, your 401k, your spouse, your inheritance, your children's college costs. Um, Get to know you. What's your assets? What's your liabilities? And you go, wait, wait, I don't have a 401k. And they'll be like, ooh, that's a problem. Just throwing that down there for you. Um, Having a conversation with a financial planner is a smart thing to do because they'll instantly see something that you've overlooked. Talking with a financial planner, one of the things they'll say is plan for tax liabilities. For instance... I bought a home 13 years ago for 925,000. I sold it for 2.65 million. So you do the math there, that's about 1.7 million in gain with a $500,000 deduction. As a married couple, that's $1.2 million gain on capital gains. My tax bill this year is huge, huge. Am I stoked? Yep. Did I put aside money for it when it's due? Yep. But a lot of people don't think that way. They sell their home and then they go into the next year. They're like, oh, I forgot about that. When deciding how to save for retirement, financial planners say that something a lot of people overlook is tax liabilities. Ideally, retirees should strive to be as tax-free as possible prior to retirement, either through Roth IRAs or other options to reduce taxes. If taxes are overlooked or underestimated, people often find themselves running out of money during retirement. You want a budget plus. You do want to know your retirement number vaguely and get it more clear as you approach retirement. On the show last week, I talked about, you know, when I was 18, my my number was $1 million to retire. And then you get a spouse involved, you get kids involved, and it changes dramatically. Then you see 2022, the year of massive inflation, you go, ooh. If inflation's running at 7%, I'm going to have to add at least 7% to all my my goals. So if I was 18, it'd be a million plus 7%. 
you see the idea. Now, historically, inflation runs 2 to 4% a year. And historically, the stock market can get you 6 to 10% if you do like a blended income slash growth portfolio. So you can beat inflation in retirement and you can still draw money out. But those years of spike inflation really throw you into a tizzy. So talk to financial planners. Another piece of advice um, I get from financial planners, mine at EP Wealth is a guy named Brad. I love him. He's a good guy. And we talk about me retiring at some point and wanting to spend quality time with my, my loved ones. And he wants to spend quality time getting to know my portfolio strategy. Too many people in 2008, 2009 had stocked away a million dollars of their hard-earned money only to watch it get cut in half and stock market tanked and sold at the bottom and then didn't know what to do. They were overweight big time in stocks and overweight big time in growth. And if you were two, three years from retirement, you suddenly were five to 10 years from retirement waiting for it to recover. I have enough money to live till the day I die. I don't want to be in a situation in 10 years when I retire to go, oh, the stock market's down 50% like it was in 2008, 2000, 2002, 2006, 2000. Like, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm waiting to recover, to feel that sense of wholeness again. So as I get older, I'm taking less risk. Now, I'm still a gambling man by nature. Be clear on what your retirement will look like is a piece of financial advice that I get on a regular basis. If you're not sure how much money you want to have before retiring, a good step to take is a budget with a financial planner. For most people that are 15 years out, they don't have an accurate image. You don't really know when you're 15 years out from retirement what retirement's going to look like. Are you going to travel? Are you going to have hobbies? I had a family member that when we retired, he used to make like, uh, he used to manufacture specialty parts. Like if an airline needed a, a box to fit under a, a food tray. He would design it and send it off to manufacturing. And boom, suddenly it was done. So he did specialty manufacturing or special. I don't even know how to describe it really. But in retirement, you know what he did? He went to talk to prisoners who had life sentences and kind of gave them, not just life sentences, but all prisoners and kind of gave them a, a 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes talking to a stranger and, you know, Hearing a voice that isn't a cellmate, hearing a voice that isn't a family member, which I think we could all admit is probably the thing we missed the most in COVID. The thing that I missed during COVID was a guy named Chewy. And you're saying Chewy, yeah, his name is Jesus in Spanish. He calls him, uh, his friends call him Chewy. And I was like, okay, Chewy, I'm good with that. And basically a bartender. And I'd go and get a chicken sandwich twice a week. And he knew what I wanted ring me up before I even got there kind of thing. I miss him. I don't know what my retirement's going to look like, but I miss that human touch. And, and in retirement, I want to still have a human touch. I think we could all say pretty safely that COVID has basically taught us that we love our spouses, but not that much. We're <laughs> a little bit getting tired of them. Contribute what you can is what a financial planner is always going to tell you about your retirement plan. And I like that advice. My financial planner, last year he said, okay, let's get you going on the HSA at EP Wealth. I'm like, okay, health savings count. I'm like, I'm with you. He goes, it's what the CEO of the company uses. 
So he's not just insuring to the bottom level and being taken care of on the way up. He's investing in himself that he's going to stay healthy and that that money will grow in investment. I'm like, good. I, I get it. I, I So Brad is always telling me ways to invest and contribute to investing, whether it be 529 plans for your kids, HSAs, health savings accounts for you, whether it's, <clears throat> I see that you don't have a Roth component to your retirement plan, whether it's a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k. And Rob, when you're in retirement, you may want to buy a big RV or you may want to pull out a lot of money and put it down on a house for your kids. And you don't want to have that up your tax bracket. So he's always finding ways for me to squirrel away money in different types of accounts. I have a money market account online. I'm okay with online banks. Most people are or are not. And that online money account, Brad called me one day and he goes, okay, you're getting nothing at Bank of America. So what I want you to do is I want you to open an account with Flourish. I'm like, how much am I getting there? He goes, doesn't matter. It's more than what you're getting now. I'm like, done. So this year when I'm doing my taxes, I'm going to get a little income statement from Flourish and I'm going to have to include in my taxes on how much I made off my cash. Did it beat inflation? No. Did it beat zero? Yes. A good financial planner will tell you things in your life like save half of your bonuses, save half of your raises. When you get them, be happy, but don't include that into your budget going forward. Include it into your savings going forward. Need a good financial planner to talk with? Reach out to me, Rob, at robblackshow.com. I have a good website, Rob Black Show. It's got all my content, radio, television, and much, much more, including some downloadables. You can learn more about me there at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I've learned this more than once in my investing career that Warren Buffett is an investment god. If there's a Mount Olympus of financial gurus, he's going to be the the big one. He's going to be the one, the Zeus that we all pay attention to in our lifetime. And I only say that because he's good when things are great, but he's good when things are awful. And ultimately that lets you live your life and not stress. He invests in companies that have cash flow. Lots and lots and lots of cash flow. He loves cash, 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 cash. As much as I love whiskey, and I don't, I haven't had a drink of whiskey in 10 years, <laughs> but um, it sounds like a good soundbite. Um, as much as I like whiskey, he likes cash. And during down markets and during recessions and during market corrections, We look at him as a pillar, as a bedrock. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Um, Financial planning, shouldn't it just be an end of the year event or beginning of the year event? Last night, I was having trouble sleeping. So I've basically been up. I got two hours of sleep most. And one of the things I did last night was I went in my 401k and my Roths and I rebalanced. I like to do it twice a year. Sometimes I like to do it three times a year. I took a look at my funds. I took a look at the last five, 10 years. And I was like, oh, this one's starting to underperform a bit. 
or this one's cost structure isn't competitive anymore. So that's what I did last night in the middle of the night. I take inventory of my finances at least four to six times a year. I know you're saying that's all you do. Yeah. Uh, my birthday is a big one. End of the year is a big one. Easter's a big one. I try to do it around like big events. Start of school, end of school. Um, if I want to be in 90% stocks, 10% income, notice I didn't say bonds. And if I suddenly get up to like 95% stocks and 7% income, did I do the math right there? Did I say 95 or 93? If I get up to 95% stocks and 5% income, an income could be REITs or bonds to me or other alternatives. And let's say my portfolio is supposed to be 90% stocks, 5% income, 5% crypto. If my crypto goes to 7 to 10%, I like to rebalance it back down to 5 I don't know if that's making sense to you. But rebalancing is a smart thing to do. Otherwise, you just let it grow. And uh, I think we've all been with a person, a loved one in our life where you're like, are you just letting everything grow out on your body? Like you got hair coming out your ear. You got hair on the bottom of your feet. I know I'm a freaking fracking hobbit. I've got hair on my feet. No, I don't have hair on my feet. Just settle down, everyone. Settle down. But rebalancing is a good thing. Um, re- revisit your investment strategy. There was two years of my life where something went wrong with a link. I want to say 27 and 28. Something went wrong with a link to my retirement account. And I thought money was coming out of my bank and going into my retirement account. And it wasn't. There's two years where I didn't invest in my retirement plan. Now keep in mind, there's been three down years from 2000 to 2002. There's been other down year periods. Those are when you want to be investing. Those are when you're like, oh, the market was down. And I wasn't investing. There, something was wrong with my link. Take a look at your contributions on occasion. Take a look at your paycheck on occasion. Make sure everything's adding up correctly. It's really odd financial advice, but preventative maintenance is a smart thing. I once owned a a Fiat Spider. Fantastic little car. Um, But they break down a lot because they were built in the 1970s and it was the year 2000 and I learned how to make a car in the 1990s. I, I got 17, 18 barrels of parts. And you know, the most expensive thing wasn't the car parts. It was the tools that I needed to put the car parts back together. But I learned how to build a car and that's served me as a lifetime of, I could do that myself. So now when a dryer goes out or a washer breaks, I know how to fix it because I have the confidence of putting a car together that I can do anything. Uh, roof gets flooded. There's water damage in the house. I'm not paying someone $10,000 to fix it because when I do, I, I see their education is not that great. So I'm like, this is a skill you learn. And there's people on YouTube that do it for you, show you what to do. So I save a lot of money on preventative maintenance. Um, I moved this year and the home I moved into is a lot. It's in the shade on a hill. It's lovely. It's in a valley. But what I didn't know is how wet it was going to be during the winter where every day in Marin, there's a cloud cover that leaves moisture. 
So next, next spring, I'm going to weatherize the heck out of the house, um, including some fresh stains on the wood to, to help keep the water out kind of thing. Preventative maintenance of your portfolios, preventative maintenance on your retirement plan is a positive step in the right direction. It is not being naggy. Another thing I do is this year I can put $19,500 into my 401k and you damn well better believe I'm going to do that. So if that changed from last year or when you turned 50 and you could put on an extra 6,500 in, I'm going to do it. I like maxing things out because when I quit working or my ability to work or my ability to earn income goes away, let's say I have a stroke. You you don't want to listen to me, stroke man, Rob Black and your slurred speech. Hey, like you don't want that. You're not going to be there for me. And I know that. So I max everything out now so that when I do take my foot off the gas, I was in a good position. I rebalance on a regular basis. I revisit my portfolios on a regular basis. Not every day. I got to live my life, but you get the idea. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner that I work with directly. Drop me an email, Rob at Rob Black Show. It's Rob at RobBlackShow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show.